Welcome to Behind the Fiction, the book lovers podcast, where we deliver interviews, insights, and ideas to passionate book lovers who want to stay in the stories they love. I'm Alexa Larberg, and this is episode 10 for August 21st, 2019. And today's guest is Colleen Simpson. In this episode, Colleen and Steve discuss the ins and outs of the Magic Below Paris series, and we learn quite a bit about Colleen's writing style and the development of some of her favorite characters. Remember, you can find the video versions of these interviews on our YouTube channel. Now, let's get to the show. This is it. We are starting the podcast right now. So, Colleen, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. And you write for LMBPN under the name C.M. Simpson. Yes. And we were talking before we started doing this about some other names that you write on. And we're not we're not going to get into what some of those other names are. But you were talking about some of these other things that you wrote when you were just starting to write. And uh, you were I think you were alluding to something. What were you alluding to? Well, it's just I like I like writing. So it's Uh like if if I see it. I'll, I'll give it a poke and and see if it works and see if I can. It's like, oh, that's a new form of writing. What does that look like if I try and stick it on the paper? <laughs> you have written. And then a, occasionally go, oh. <laughs> you've written a lot of books over over. Uh, yeah. I don't know what period of time, but you have a lot of titles. I, I do. Yeah, my my writing trying to write for publishing goes back probably to 1991, where I said, okay, you know what? I've been dabbling in this for a bit, so I might sit down and actually you know submit something um i chose a pretty bad time apparently because 1991 was where all sorts of changes were happening in the industry and things were crashing and uh, markets were shrinking and stuff so uh so that was that was interesting so it got very hard to when you submitted a lot of stuff a lot of uh, markets closed their doors and said no we're looking for new work but don't send us unsolicited manuscripts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay and don't send us unsolicited query letters either right fine whatever yeah, those, <laughs> so the, i wrote the books anyway yes the good the good old <laughs> days when you you had to gain permission to be able to get someone to look at your book to decide whether or not they might and you publish had to it schmooze. you yes. had to schmooze you had to meet the editors in order to be given permission to send them stuff and well, there's there's not a lot of schmooze in Australia. There's there's not a lot of opportunity <laughs> for that. I mean, we we had the occasional conventions and and whatnot, but if you couldn't get there, it's a pretty big country. So, what time is it for you? You're in Australia. I'm in Naples, Florida. What time is it for you? Right now, yes. right now it is eleven seventeen, according oh, to my computer in, clock. During, in the morning. In the morning, and it's nine seventeen at night. So at you night. see. Like there's light behind me, but that's it because it's dark and I have lights on and I see bright, <laughs> looks like bright sunshine streaming into your place. No. Well, it it's bright considering it's coming through a layer of cloud and it's really cold outside. And by really cold, it, it's probably about five or six degrees Celsius. You have a jacket? You, you have, I have like two three jackets. layers on. Yeah, like three layers on. Oh, uh, four. So this is winter in Australia. All right. And, well, and, and you Northern Hemispherians can laugh. Yes, we can. Because probably we can. thinking it's not that and, cold. And <laughs> um, there are some parts of the country where it's just so hot right now that uh, people are envious knowing that it's cold somewhere. So we need to talk about, we need to talk about your books because this is behind the fiction. We should be getting behind the fiction. 
So yes. we are we are here talking about your series, and I love the name of this series, "The Magic Below Paris." How did you, how did you guys, you and Michael, come up with that as a series title? Well, it's under Paris, and there's magic that's happening, and it was that simple. Okay, now I feel <laughs> less but, than brilliant. Uh, I'm sorry. No, well, it's it's a good question because because it's like no, it's why not. why magic and why under <laughs> why under Paris? But um, I I was stuck and I went just straight for the very direct explanation uh-huh. of the series. I, I couldn't I couldn't think I couldn't think of anything that said it better. But it seems it sounds enchanting. The magic magic below Paris. I it just it's it's enchanting. The name sounds enchanting. The covers are great. Um, tell us really good cover. Artist. Tell us sort of the genesis of the storyline for the series. Okay, so when I, when I looked at writing for the Age of Magic, I didn't know where to set the series. Um, there, there was Australia, but that was that was taken. Um, uh, there were some places in the US that looked really interesting, um, but then then I looked over at Europe and I thought, well, there's a space right there and i've always been kind of attracted to the to the underground of paris you, you hear about the catacombs you hear about the the cave paintings there the burials there but uh, when i really started to dig into it what i found was there's there's more than that there's apart from the extensive metro there are old mines uh where they used to mine it's it's a white material and i forget its name sorry but anyway there, there are a bunch of mines there are uh, there were castles it's got everything paris is is magical all by itself and and then you go under it and you get caves and caves have their own kind of magic so um that's really where i came up with that with that concept and idea so i said to amy well what about how do you feel is will this work I think I gave her three different alternates. You know, I said, I've, I've got this idea for this area where we can do one underground or we could do one mm-hmm. here. And I just kind of started there. And Amy is your country mate, Amy Hopkins. Yes. Who also writes in the Age of Magic. Yes. Yeah, she writes the with the mind mages in north of Arcadia. See, now now my mind is going blank for names. We're, we're lost. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in the map in my head. It is. So, I mean, let, let's talk about the age of magic. You mentioned the age of magic. There are going to be some people who listen to this podcast who don't have any idea what we're talking about. So what is the age of magic? The age of magic is the age that happened after the age of madness, which is what happened after the world's worst day ever, um, which is what happened after Bethany Ann left Earth. Okay, so this is all in the Cretharian Gambit universe, yeah. created by Michael yeah. Anderley, and it all started with Bethany Ann. There's there's this series of 21 books where Bethany Ann starts on Earth, um, goes to space, I think, in book eight, and is still out there. She the... abandoned us. She left yes, she us did. behind. It was rude. Which, uh, which led <laughs> to the Age of Madness and then the Age of Magic. Yes. And so that's yes. that's where you're writing. There are several other books by uh, other authors in the Age of Magic. Yours is the newest series. It's doing pretty well. Are, are you excited with the response of the fans to, this, to the series? 
yeah, stunned. It's like, oh, they like it. Cool. <laughs> and then as I look at the next book and go, oh, my goodness, can I can I do as well in the in the next one? Are you a naturally fast writer? I, I don't know. I just write. I write. I write about a thousand words an hour. That, um, I would on, I would put that in the naturally fast category. Okay. Yeah, so you're not intimidated when you publish the first book, and four hours later you're getting the messages that say, "When's the next book coming out?" Oh no, I'm intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I I can't do it any quicker than. <laughs> Always, always. And it's like, and if I do it really quick, can I do it just as well as I did last time, which I did just as quick. But still, you always, you always, you never take it for granted. Now, when you, when you were building out the series in your mind, um, how, <laughs> how far out did you plan? I planned, I planned nine books on a skeletal outline for each book. And okay. I did fully, fully fleshed outlines for, for the first three and um, semi-fleshed for the next two or three. Okay. The first, and then what the, I've done the is the first four came it. out pretty quickly, and then there was a little break between the fifth book, which just came out last week, I think. Last week. And that, on the third. That yeah, the title no, of that first. is uh, "Trading by Shroomlight." Let's let's walk through them. The first book <laughs> in the series, if you haven't read any of them, is "Trading into Shadow." So that's the place to get started. Then there's "Trading into Darkness," "Trading Close to Light." Trading by firelight and then trading by shroomlight, and I have to ask, what the heck is a shroomlight? Well, mushrooms glow, glow right? They not, glow. not in my experience, they don't glow. They, they, some of them glow. There's some very pretty shrooms that grow, glow, and grow. But anyway, they have to do that to glow. Okay. Um, right, and and the, the the mushrooms in 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 the under in the caverns under Paris tend to glow a lot. Okay. So, so shroom light is the bioluminescence of, oh. of the mushrooms. Okay. All right. Mm. I, I interrupted your earlier flow when we were talking about <laughs> the, um, you know, the, the series, the way you, you, you did the in-depth outlines for the first three, and those mm -hmm. books kind of came out, I think, two weeks apart. Boom, boom, boom. The fourth book, yep. I think, was maybe two or three weeks later. And yep. then you took some time off to write some other things, do some other things. Much. And, and now you're you're picking it back up again. So what was the impetus for saying, "Hey, I, I want to start doing this again. I want to I want to get back to these characters." Well, I hadn't finished. Well, you <laughs> so... hadn't finished when you stopped writing the first time. When you stopped oh, writing I... these books the first time. This this is true. And I had a, had another project come up in the middle, and and then it's like, oh wait, I've still got these to go. So I figured I better get them done. You better. You better. I bet right. otherwise I might get lynched. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good sign when people are going to want to lynch you for not for not writing fast enough. Tell us about your main character, Marsh. Marsh? She's um she she's an orphan. She was raised by her uncle and his family in Hawks not Hawks Ledge, that's the See, I told you I was gonna forget names. In the ledge, up in Karenin's Ledge, uh -huh. which is is uh, one of the surface settlements where everything started. So she was raised by her uncle in his way station up there, which is why we get into the trading aspect of things. But she didn't want to be uh, a way station owner, so she um, decided to start running errands for a local trader, who 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 is who is 
not in the books at the moment. Um, ah, so a little preview. Yeah, well, well, in book four, he he um he he shows his true colors and and they come to a parting of ways. Okay. Um, so so yeah, but uh, so she ran errands for the, for him in the hope that she could follow her true passion, which was to uh, to explore the ruins under Parish itself and to discover to discover whatever there was to be discovered. That that that's her passion. Um, unfortunately, she kind of got suckered into this this war, and and that has had to uh, be put aside for the moment. The passion and, has been put aside because of the war. Oh, oh no, the passion is still there, but the um, the the ability to pursue the passion okay. has been put aside. So okay. yeah, so you can't go hunting in ruins while people are destroying your caverns. That's just not on. Yes. So this is we are in the middle of the battle, the prolonged battle. I guess is is what you're saying. The war. And um, how how is she developing as a character through the books? Do, do you are you one of those authors who actually thinks through a character arc, in addition to <laughs> just like the whole storyline? I generally have a vague idea of where I want them to end up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't, uh, but generally I do. So, so with with Marsh, actually, I I don't really know what she's going to do after she deals with everything. That's okay. She'll have it worked out eventually. Um, <laughs> things change. I think she's still going to want to explore those those caverns unless something else comes up in the meantime. Now, I'm, I'm, so, I'm really curious, but the, the phraseology you're using here, I think she <laughs> may want to do this. Is this the way this works for you? Is this your process where the characters just kind of become alive in your mind and, and start telling you where the story is going? Well, yeah, pretty much. I, I don't... Outlining is not something I tend to do. Okay, my idea of an outline for for a trilogy, uh, one of the trilogies I wrote was three lines. <laughs> okay, three lines. I can, like, I can see why they were, why publishers back in 1991 were not thrilled with your <laughs> queries. <laughs> oh no, my queries were longer because I wrote them after I'd written the books. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Marsh is alive in your mind right now, sort of directing book six, since you've you've already published book five. Yes, yeah. So basically, with with book six, I'm I'm I actually am doing an outline. Don't die of shock. How many lines? Um, over under ten. <laughs> <laughs> It'll actually be over ten because we're coming into the end of the series now. So, so I've discovered with writing series that as you get closer to the end of them, you've got to actually make sure you know what threads you've got. And then you've got to say, I need to end this thread here or here or here and plan mm-hmm. that all out. So um, so it gets easier to write an outline after you've written about the first three or four books. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> and, and the whole idea, I've, I've talked to other people who when you're closing out a series, it it's like, there are all these threads and you've got like three chapters left and oh my gosh, how do I, how do I close all these things oh. out? It sounds like you're going to be a little bit more graceful. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't leave it till three chapters. You couldn't fit it all in. It, it's just too many. I mean, you, you've got, you've got Gustave, you've got, you've got, we've still got to catch up with her ex-employer. Um, then there's the, the arc with, with Roglin. And then of course you've got Henry and, um, and Izzy, um, those those two are going to want to do something. Mm-hmm. Probably probably something Marsh won't like knowing them. Um, 
and and then you've got the the caverns themselves. You've got the two kids. They they're going to um, I mean, they're going to have a say in whatever Marsh does. And trust me, when I sat down to write this series, she didn't have sidekicks. Mm-hmm. She she didn't. I hadn't planned on her grabbing two kids and rescuing them and then being stuck with them the whole series. I was just going to dump them in the first book. Um, apparently, that was not what was planned. That was not Marsh's by the characters. Plan. Yeah. No. No, and and neither neither Tamlin or, or Aisha were going to put up with that either. So, um, well, I mean, you know those three. You wouldn't tangle with them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't so, tangle uh, with any character in any age of the Crutherian Gambit because they're all tougher oh, than no. I am. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, so you kind of, it's writing process is following what they're doing in the story. And, and that just kind of appears like an unrolling movie in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of know where you're going, but occasionally a scene crops up that you're like, hang on a tick. What? And and then you write it, and it goes, oh, okay, I see where you came with that. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. All right, so Colleen Simpson, thank you for being here. The, the latest book is Trading by Shroomlight, but if you haven't read the first four books in the series, please go back and read Trading into Shadow and work your way through it that way. They're all available at Amazon and available through Kindle Unlimited. Uh, Colleen, okay. where can people catch up with you online? They can find me on Facebook. Uh, they can find me on Twitter. And I have a blog. Okay, and we will post links to those in the show notes. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will be back in your ear shortly uh, with, with some more great books.